city's been so quiet since the boys in green went back. But it only took them three months to put Porton on the map. Yes, the stadium's never heard the sound of cheers in all its years. When the players come on the field, the thousands singing in their ears. Green is the colour, soccer is the game. We're the Portland Timbers, and winning is our aim. So let's give all of the boys a cheer for the Portland Timbers will be here. Today's guest is a special one for me because not only is he a top-class guy and goalkeeper, but we are roommates and teammates in college and every professional team I ever played for. I'm happy to welcome Pacific University all-time leader in saves and Portland Pythons all-time leader in appearances, U.S. Futsal International, Nick Vorberg. Nick, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Billy Merck. I'm doing great. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Yeah, it's nice to have you on and I can, you know, I mean, this is audio, but for everybody else but i can see it. it's good to see it's been too long it has been it has been i miss you man miss you too well we'll, we'll spend the next hour together with just uh the All two right. of us Let's and the see. seven or eight people who are listening <laughs> so i'm going to give a really formal introduction here this is the the bio the the wikipedia page type you know um there isn't one yet by the way there needs to be <laughs> all right so nick was born in grants pass oregon in 1975 in 1993, he started a career in goal at Pacific University in Forest Grove, Oregon, that would end with Nick as a multi-time all-league and region keeper. While with the boxers, Nick won the conference and was in goal for Pacific's 1996 team, a team that still holds 13 individual and team season records, as well as included players who still hold six individual records. Among those are Vorberg's career saves and individual season wins mark. In 2010, excuse me, Nick was inducted in the Pacific University Athletic Hall of Fame. In 1998, Nick was in goal when the Oregon men's side won the Donnelly Cup, a national championship for the United States Adult Soccer Association, a year that also saw the Oregon women win, which was the first time one state won both men's and women's national championships. After college, Nick played professionally for the Outdoor Cascade Surge in Oregon and enjoyed a stint with the Louisiana Lightning. The bulk of Nick's playing career However, it was indoors, where he played with the Portland Pythons, Utah Freeze, San Diego Soccers, and 13 seasons with the Milwaukee Wave. Well, with the Wave, Nick was a two-time MISL Goalkeeper of the Year, which is too few in my opinion, um, and won three championships. At the international level, Nick has represented the U.S. at the 2007 Pan American Games, the 2008 FIFA Futsal World Cup and CONCACAF Championships, and 2013 Four Nations Tournament in England. Beyond playing, Nick holds a National A license and coached with the Milwaukee Wave, Marquette University, and the SC Wave in Wisconsin. He's currently the assistant men's soccer coach and director of goalkeeping at Utah Tech in St. George, Utah. That's wow. you. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you, Billy. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I looked at the questions in the introduction. And I know there's a ton of stuff we've missed because you've done a lot. And, you know, you even said to me when I approached you for this, like, why are you talking to me? <laughs> like, well, because you've, you know, you've you've made like a, an 18 year career out of being a professional and you're a U.S. international. So I think it's quite obvious. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's definitely an honor to be able to to be with actually a group of people I've enjoyed listening to the podcast and learning. So it's it's, uh, it's definitely an honor to be in 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 your on your podcast on your podcast with with them, too, as well. So. 
thank you for that. Yeah. So let's, yeah, what we're talking about then, my most recent essay before, I'm sorry, my most, my most recent podcast before yours was Nolan Conway. And so I want to start at a beginning. Um, last week, I talked to Nolene, who was married to Jimmy Conway. And this is a bit of a, a roundabout seven degrees type thing. Jimmy went from the North American Soccer League Timbers to start our alma mater, Pacific University, to start Oregon State University, where he recruited Jeff Anquist from UNLV who ended up coaching when we were at Pacific. Jeff was our coach. So I want to start with this full circle moment because Jeff Anquist first met you doing something I've heard a lot of the NASL Timbers do. He was spreading the game across the state. Jeff was in Grants Pass, Oregon, doing a summer camp when he went to a field to watch a men's league game. That's where he saw you. But you were already planning to go to another college. And what, maybe like a week from that point, you were supposed to go to, coincidentally, UNLV. Can we start there? And can you talk about how you ended up even playing college soccer in the first place? Yeah, um, uh, it's funny, Billy, because you, you talk about those full circle. I feel like there's 10 or 12 full circle moments that I just like, wow, I just feel like it just came full circle. That's one of them for sure. Um, yeah, I was uh, kind of wasn't really sure of my soccer path. Um just being from Southern Oregon, um, not really sure the path that we should take as far as college soccer. And um, basically I, I, I already went to the orientation for UNLV and, and I talked to the coach and I think he had a senior goalie, a junior goalie, two sophomore goalies and a freshman coming in, something like that. And he's like, you're, it would have been kind of a walk on position at, at UNLV. And, and, uh, um, I was, um, already kind of, I was admitted, I had a, you know, actually got a decent, um, scholarship in a different way. So I was actually pretty good as far as going to school there. And so I was all set. I already went down there. I got my student ID card. I was ready to go to UNLV and, and, uh, um, I would say maybe two. Yeah. Like you said, it was like very close to when school, school would be starting two weeks. I was playing at a park in Grants Pass, Portola. Um, with a group of uh, uh, guys that I kind of men's league, it was kind of like towards the teetering towards that men's league um, side. And, and uh, I was playing a game there and Jeff Enquist approached me after the game and said, what's your plans? And, and uh, we kind of started that relationship right after that game um, from that point. And he kind of, uh, you know, told me he was there. I think he was there with doing a camp there with Hidden Valley. I, I believe it was uh, with Wayne Ware and Eric Pfeiffer and, and that group right there, he was doing it. He was doing a, who also went to Pacific university, obviously. And, and, uh, um, I think they were, he was doing a camp down there as well, as well as like some youth camps. And then, um, we just started to talk. He came down to my parents' restaurant. Um, and, uh, he had me come out to one of their camps to kind of talk to him a little bit more. And then, then you know, I'm applying to Pacific university. Um, he had a senior keeper that, um, was kind of moving out. He, he hadn't recruited a, a goalkeeper for that year. And so I was, I was really, I wanted to play. Um, my heart wanted to play and, and I, I switched. Uh, actually, I was going down to UNLV with a friend at the time. And I was like, sorry, man, I'm going, I'm going to play soccer. And um, something I, ju I just truly loved. And, and uh, um, I'm really happy I did. Yeah. So it, it was, yeah. And, you know, as it turns out, he went to UNLV. He's like, yeah, you don't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that city will eat you up next. So I was like, okay, all right, let's go to Forest Grove, Oregon. <laughs> right. So, okay, there's a lot, there's so much we could talk about in that last one, but you mentioned that last response, you mentioned full circle moments. 
I kind of, this wasn't written down, but um, are we allowed to use names of players that are currently in your program? Is that, can sure. we say that? Yeah. So yeah. you're, you're, you now have a, a, there's a player in your program whose parents you met at Pacific University before they were married, right? Yes. Tom and yes, Molly Canada. Dutra. And Tom is now um, the, the Sounders goalkeeper coach. And uh, you have Tam in the program. It is absolutely, yeah, it, has, it is amazing. Um, it is really, really cool. I, I got to see him play a couple times, I think, in Phoenix um, with his group that he had um, from Washington. And, and uh, um, just really happy he's part of the program. Um, and it had, it, honestly, just tons of talent, tons of upside. Um, the kid's really, really smart, I think. But it's kind of fun to kind of see how that kind of, like you said, full circle moment where we, uh, you know, Tom and Molly, Molly, you know, played for the women's side at Pacific University. And, mm -hmm. and Tom, actually, I really, really look up to as a goalkeeper mentor, even though it's like very limited times when he was, I mean, we could talk about it a little bit later, but um, I learned a lot from him in a short amount of time when he was at Pacific. Um, I think he was kind of rehabbing injuries um, in Fort Grove. And so, um, and, and I've had a couple of different interactions with him too, as well, as far as moving some keepers from college to pro. So, um it was really cool to kind of see and actually see Tanner develop in his freshman year. And then not only that, we, you know, making that first playoff round this year at UNLV. Oh, <laughs> the nice. host, You're kidding. Yeah, the host at UNLV, um, which uh, was in Utah Tech getting their first uh, playoff win. So that was, that was pretty fun to have. And Tanner was on the, in the stands there too, as well with us. So cheering and celebrating that day. So it was, it was really cool. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of full circle moments. It's pretty cool. It's amazing. And that's really all we're doing with this podcast and having these conversations is realizing that, and this is, I'm glad you said it. Like, look, some people started soccer here. They didn't start soccer. They started professional soccer, the Timbers in 1975. And because of this, all these things are happening. And here we are talking about, uh, you know, a player whose dad is the Seattle Sounders goalkeeper coach. Um, you know, his mom played college soccer as well and happened mm -hmm. to be friends of ours. Um, and here you are playing at you. And I mean, it's like, it's it's impossible to not draw connections. I think when we start talking about soccer, and I think that's why it's important we share these stories because, um, you know, this this game unites us much more than anything. Yeah, oh, I, I definitely agree with you. Not only just right now in the present, but the past and the present definitely united for sure. Yeah. Oh, I do hope we get to talk about uh, goalkeeping coaching specifically in Tom, and I'm I'm curious about um, some stuff you've gained from him as well, just because. Um, it's good right yeah <laughs> so we'll get to that but i want to ask i want to back up a little bit uh you mentioned growing up in grants pass oregon uh for those that may not know it's about 250 miles south of portland so in the context of soccer what was it like growing up in grants pass oregon um which is you know in the in the mid 80s to early 90s not a soccer town um in fact to be fair professional soccer in portland wasn't even around at the time Right. And so there was a big there was a, a, a desert of, of professional soccer, even in Portland. But you're in southern Oregon. What did you know of professional teams like the Timbers or, or other professional teams? And how did you end up even becoming a, a goalkeeper at soccer in the first place? Yeah, like you said, it was um, I almost feel like it was a little bit of a bubble as far as soccer goes. We didn't really have um, um, well, our, our family didn't really travel a lot. So we, we kind of stayed in that little bubble right there. But. Um, a lot of my friends would play soccer at recess when we were kids and, and we just turned that into a game, but it was kind of set up for, um, basically the town we're living in, um, 
kind of like rec league type type of like what they would kind of say now it is, but it was the top levels, all the kids that um, basically loved to play the game. They would go back and forth between soccer and football, but football always drew the, the best players um, in different ways, athletes. Um, and so they would, and I just, I fell in love with the game. Um, always playing with my brother in the backyard. Um, I would go down to the park, I'd bring a ball and I had a group of friends that just kind of grew up with it. And so we were always going to the park kind of on our own. Um, had a lot of coaches that would leave like younger coaches that would probably like kind of leave, especially 15, 16, that would leave halfway through the year because they just had other things going. So we ended up kind of taking over ourselves and kind of creating our own little um, team from 15 to 16, 17, and 18, right through there. So, and that's where Jeff kind of saw us with that same team uh, of guys that, and we were rough kind of, we were very, very rough. Um, I'm kind of glad I kind of got dragged into the goalkeeper position because um, I was very athletic. Um, I was a kid that ran around, but the, the where we were, we really didn't have a lot of skill development. Um, you saw a lot uh, of shots. I saw a lot of shots. So <laughs> I learned how to get there. So even in the goalkeeper side, I went to maybe our, my high school coach, Mel Atkins, he, he uh, sent me to a camp kind of in Medford area um, where I had one week of training, of actual training. And then he had a uh, a coach um, that asked to help out junior senior year of high school. He was from Russia, um, and he had very lim- limited English. So uh, we did a lot of uh, I would say physical, um, a lot of sit ups, a lot of push ups, uh, get up, make saves. Um, it was very I would say beyond like the other side of old school, maybe a little bit more old school. Pretty old um, school. A lot of a lot of reps of punting, a lot of reps of goal kicks. Um, but, uh, I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I look back and, and, uh, I enjoyed my time in, in high school and in, in Grants Pass, but even, even looking back and going back to my hometown, it's, it's the, the soccer landscapes changed a lot. Um, they have a futsal center now they have a, um, their own soccer complex, um, in the area. So it's kind of nice to see how it's kind of grown in a lot of ways. Um, I've been back maybe a handful of times just doing some soccer camps and goalkeeper camps. Um, with a couple of people and it's nice to see it grow um, in different ways. And there's a lot more soccer savvy um, um, coaches and players in the area. So, yeah. What's that? Uh, this is, we're going to go off script a lot and that's fine. So we will, and we'll circle back to, to Tom a bit. Now, when you think of the conversations you had with him when he was at, uh, at Pacific rehab and you were training, um, which I think was a time that coincidentally, uh, also something clicked for you. And we'll talk about that later as far as training and, you know, playing. Uh, but also when you think about that and you think about the training that you do now with your goalkeepers. Yeah. And then you think about how just not long ago, the, the, and I'm using air quotes here, training you had when you were a high school goalkeeper, like how different is it? And are you ever out there at a session, like training goalkeepers and, and you realize something that you did maybe 30 years ago and Grant's passenger is like, man, how did we even get to this point? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 really come a long way. Um, but um, you know, it, it, part of it is like maybe it was the bubble I was living in too, as well. So like, I didn't have some of the tools that maybe were in Portland, you know, at the time that some of the coaching that you guys probably had up north or even down south. Um, so I, I don't necessarily look at it that way. But I think like when I first. Um, stepped into Pacific University 
just having Tim Copeland just take, like, it was like a kind of an eye opener, some of the techniques he was kind of given. And then the big thing was the repetition. So um, not that I didn't have that before I had a lot of repetition, but I had to ramp it up um, quite a bit with, with him. And it was, it was nice to have, um, you know, kind of him in my corner and kind of helping me through that because it wasn't like, I think he knew that I was really, really raw and uh, he had to kind of take his time with molding me without like kind of making the game ugly, you know, you know, so he always made it enjoyable. And um, I always, I always enjoyed the work. Maybe it was me a little bit, but I enjoyed that, that part of the work um, that it took to, to become better. And, and then it wasn't just the training. I mean, we, we were with a group of guys and maybe I'm skipping ahead here, but go for it. That loved, that loved the game and wanted to go out when we weren't just training, you know? So it, it was, you know, I learned a lot about that, but it was, it was always with a group of guys that loved the game and it was, it made it fun. Yeah. So it's, and again, thinking of connections. So uh, Jimmy Conway started the program at Pacific and then um, a guy named Tom Reynolds came in who was a FIFA referee right accomplished guy and he was you you never you didn't know him right he was going to be no. the coach that 93 season when we were freshmen yeah. and then he passed away the year before and Jeff and Timmy took over and so it's it's funny because there's a, there's a lot of great stories about Tom and I, I got to meet him once and that's why I committed to Pacific was because I first met Tom and he kind of put me in my place at a soccer camp I was out there at and I was like I just learned more in this discussion than I think I have over the last few years it was amazing wow. Uh, but something he did was Highway 14, which is the the main highway from Portland out. I'm sorry, Highway 26 is the main highway from Portland out to Forest Grove. Um, and so there was road construction going on. And Tom took, uh, I think it was Timmy Copeland and another person and a pickup truck. And they drove out there and they took some of those tall construction cones from Highway 26 <laughs> no, and brought them out to campus. And I so your goalkeeper training, right, involved. <laughs> and this is where we were. You were jumping over highway traffic cones as, I, as part yeah. of your training. <laughs> I know. I know. That's, you know, we, we, uh, we had to be creative in a lot of different ways or we were creative. Um, and creativity is definitely taking a different, you know, direction as far as the kind of gimmicks that are out there. But, um, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was, uh, there were some old school approaches to it and, and, uh, trying to get up and over and, um, but I had no clue that that was that. That's where those came that. from. Awesome. And then they just threw them out at the cannery. And that's not old. School. I, I, that's no school. I mean, that's, I remember jumping over those. Yeah. I remember yeah. Right into the mud. Yeah. It was fantastic. Well, and I, I don't, you know, I think I have a question here somewhere. I'm so lost in the nostalgia, to be honest, but yeah, you know, uh, for us, preseason meant, you know, taking the goals from one park and up to a few, if we wanted to feel on campus, we had to, put the goals in the back of a pickup truck and drive them up there. If we wanted bleachers, we had to do the same thing, take them from a park, put them on a truck, drive them through, you know, a few blocks of forest Grove and onto that. We had to do that ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. I'm looking back at that. It's, it's, it's kind of, you know, those are, those are little mini culture builders in a lot of different ways. And, and uh, to be able to do that with, with the group of group of guys that we had and, especially the group of freshmen that came in when we, when we came in, it was just fun to build with those, those guys. And when I look back on some of those pictures of that old, the old field over there, and even, even the cannery, I have very few pictures of the cannery, but um, where we train, Um, but it does bring back a lot of great memories and, and, uh, and coming back from some of those wet soggy days and having the mud stuck to you and, 
it was it was fantastic. Yeah, so so I want to go into that, and I, I don't want anyone listening to this get sick of of talking about Pacific because you know I had Andy McNamara on two episodes ago. Last episode we talked about Jimmy, uh, but it is interesting to think our freshman year. I think we won four games. We're playing our home games on this place called the Cannery, which is the canned maraschino cherries. So you can imagine the smell of the exhaust uh, at, at training there. And then, you know, to within a few years, you know, by the time we left there, we were a top 20 program in NAI. We'd won, you know, two league championships and because you built a culture, right? And it doesn't always have to be pretty. Yeah. And so you're doing some of that now, though, at Utah Tech, right? I mean, you, you just moved up to Division One, won your first Division One playoff game. Um this year. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, I guess coming, um, some of, some of the things we do is, is similar because it is, it's a, it's a program that came from D2 not long ago, they were junior college. Um, and they're kind of in that last year of probation going into D1. Um, and so, um, the budget, as far as the soccer, it's kind of built into the football and we're on the same stadium as where the football. So we have football lines on the field. It's, you know, it's kind of the stadium. There's dream. There's there's a nice little plot of grass right in the middle of campus called Encampment, and it reminds me of our field that we had, you know, at Pacific University. Man, if it it would just invest into into put some stands around that or find a way to do that, we it's it's it would it's kind of similar. We have to find that way to do it if we want if we want to do that. So um, there there's been a lot of thought about that kind of stuff, but it does. We we the other day we had to move the goals all the way down for the football football game the other day we moved them down to the lower field and it did remind me of some some of that does remind me of some of those days at pacific for sure that's uh and right now they're probably like nasl guys who had to play on civic stadium with baseball mounds and that terrible terrible turf and just nodding <laughs> right now or, or even probably just like yeah you don't know what it was like it was bad but <laughs> yeah. you know i think you you have an opportunity and you get on with it you, you live in the moment and just really in, enjoy it because you're there together with the people who love the game and that's what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. And I, I agree. I agree. And the, and I think it's the same thing. It's like those little moments too, as well. I remember I just said they're culture builders and that, that's, you find those little moments to kind of build with the players and they, they do that together. They're, you know, those little moments, yeah, that might not be like ideal for what you want to be doing, but at the end of the day, you think about that journey and all those little things and what that means to it. And I think it, kind of similar, like three years ago, we were, you know, two win, three win team and, just kind of try to build that group every single year and, and try to build onto it. And, and Johnny Broadhead down here has done an amazing job um, kind of building the talent in here and um, doing his best to try and uh, try to do what, what he can with what he gets. So, mm-hmm. um, and he does it fantastic. He never complains. It's another guy that um, I'm really grateful to be able to coach with. Yeah. Um, um, fantastic guy. Complaining doesn't work, right? No, no. doesn't solve any problems. It does not. So would you say, I've got a couple more sort of Pacific questions or college questions. Would you say something aligned when you were in college, something that made you think you're going to keep doing this after college, right? And like, there are going to be some choices you'll have to make in how you train and how you go about daily things or how you go about what's going to be your career, how you spend your time, what you're doing. I mean, I I know something clicked at a certain time. Yeah. Um, and so I'm yeah. just curious, you know, when, when you think back to that shift, what, what was it or, or what changed? And yeah, I mean, I don't. I think a lot of it was um, a couple things. Um, I think one, I bring up Tom Jutra again when he was on campus. Um, 
Um, he, I had an opportunity not only just to train and see what he does as far as rep as he was getting better, he was doing repetitions, what not only he had to do, but what I had to do to kind of help him because I was also the server. Um, but like what the kind of demand it was and how where I was with that um, and what he demanded, it was just like another it was another level beyond what I was like, wow, this guy is on point with a lot of different things. And, and how can I get there? You know, um, there was another moment. Um, it was off season. And I think we were playing three V three on a small, an outdoor field with big goals. And I was playing against him with, you know, it might've been four guys four V four, something like that. And the way he communicated to the players in front of him, um, not only when you were playing, but off the field, like, it, it kind of clicked something for me as far as how to communicate with players. And I talked to him a lot about how that reduces the amount of, you know, opportunities. It's another level of um, leadership in different ways. And um, I, I just, it, it just resonated with me in a lot of different ways and, and what I wanted to do and be as far as a goalkeeper and, and just be the best that I could be. So um, I, I think that part was also a piece of it, but also, seeing players in front of me move on to the pro ranks, you know, mm -hmm. Ian Lynch, Zach Chown, um, and see some of those guys kind of move on and actually going um, to uh, watch the Portland Pride play. There was a couple of times I'd never been to a Portland Pride game. And, and uh, I think we had a team outing and there was a couple other times that I just went to watch a game. And I was like, wow, um, you know, yeah. obviously it's like just being able to play now, like for however long yeah, I look back and, there's goalies that say, oh, that could play that game, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and, and you realize, you know, after it's like, God, that's silly. You know, it's like what it really takes to, to get yourself into that spot and, and what you need to do um, is another is another level of what you need to um, do and train and, and how you go about yourself and um, on and off the field and um, what that really takes. So, yeah, I, th I think those are kind of two two moments for me, I think. Um, and and then obviously you and, and, and Zach Chown and, and – and Travis peace and, and the guys that I kind of lived with, there's a group of guys that just believed in me, you know, personally believed in me. And, and I felt, I believed in them too, as well, in, in different ways or whatever path they wanted. And they helped me with, with some of those decisions. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, maybe I should have believed in you a bit less because I think you made me a really lazy defender because <laughs> if you were behind me, I knew that I had to probably work half as hard because you'd clean uh, so much up and make me look good, which you did. Uh, so thank you. But on the other uh, hand, maybe I, maybe I would have gone farther because I would have had to work harder. I'm you just trying to teach my. Me. I'm trying trying to teach my second so much. He's a lefty. I'm trying to teach him your shot. You're a little inside and outside. It's too tough though, man. I just I'm gonna have to. Have to pop down. <laughs> That's great. So when you when you think back though seriously to your college career, you're at a small NAI school in a rural part of Oregon. I mean, what do you think about most when you think of Pacific? And then we're gonna move on to. Um, you know, I think, you know, it's in some ways the town is like the same size kind of in, in my town, but I, I really um, thought I made like, if there was a couple different roads between UNLV and Pacific, I'm so glad that road was presented to me. Um, and I took that road. Um, it, it was, it was hard in, in, in a lot of different ways, but it was so enjoyable and so much fun. Um, uh, yeah, it was a smaller school. I, I talked to, um, when we do recruiting education, I, I always say like, you, you need to have an open mind and, 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 you know, I know you want the D one like thought about it, but um, keep an open mind. I had a great experience, um, a fantastic experience with a group of 
uh, of guys um, that that uh, I love and and um, we'll have we had a great experience and we did some great things um, and I I think I I always try to bring that in when I'm training keepers that just want to go to one specific school at D1 you know that's especially in, in everybody wanted to go to Wisconsin you know so it's like okay let, let's talk about like the the you know 20 to 30 other schools just around this area and the kind of experience that you want and and uh, I, I just feel like I, I kind of got lucky in a lot of different ways and in, in the, the school I went to, and I'm so grateful for it. So. so your first professional contract was with indoor soccer's Portland Pythons. How did that come about? And were you supposed to, so, so I'm gonna, I've got a little more to this. You're supposed to actually back up Brett Phillips, who's an amazing goalkeeper. And you were supposed to be there and kind of learn the game from him. But then like the first game you were under contract, he broke his leg. Uh, and then, you know, I want you, can you talk about that moment when you realized I am the new number one in an indoor soccer professional team, uh, but also the team, you know, they brought in Juan De La O for a while, which was great keeper as well, but you ended up being the main goalkeeper for that season. Um, I want to talk about that in your, your first season and your transition to being the number one keeper in indoor soccer as well, which is a different sport than you have a lot of, not a different sport, but it's a different version of the sport. You have a lot of uh, experience playing. Um, and so you're there in a very short period of time. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, bringing back some memories, buddy. Um, <laughs> I would, yeah, it was, uh, it was that first year was, was very crazy. How, how do I, how did I get to have that pro contract? I think it was just trying to remember. I think there was kind of like a combine or we came, you came to that with, you know, obviously Zach um, being ahead of us was part of that. And right, of, he was with the pride. Right, right. And, and so uh, kind of, you know, we found out, you know, when when their kind of tryout was and how, how we went about that. And um, next thing you know, they had this like college draft. And I, I, I look and I don't even know. I didn't even know that was a college draft. Yeah, it's an indoor college draft. Um, um, but uh, yeah, like, so it, it just, that was just another level of, of finding out um, if this, and I love the sport. It was absolutely fun. I, I never played it growing up. Um, I, we played versions of it in basketball courts, but never to that, to that extent. And uh, uh, I just fell in love with it immediately. And having Brett there on the other side to be able to um, not just train with, but just um, watch him play, um, watch how he communicated um, uh, I think, I believe he was goalkeeper of the year, either the year before or two years before with Las Vegas. Um, so he, he was a fantastic keeper. And so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of in the mix here. I think there might've been another goalkeeper at the time. Um, but, um, I think it ended up just being me and, and Brett at, at right at the end there. And then that first game, I want, I, I feel like he, it was maybe, we were playing like an international game, maybe against Mexico or something like that. Uh-huh. And, and a guy just kind of rolled over and snapped his, I remember being in the stands, just it snapped, he snapped his both leg. Like I think it's yeah. um, the both the bones in the bottom leg. And he, he was, um, I just, I remember his face and I, and this Brett Phillips is tough. Like he has a black belt. Um, and uh, I thought he was going to get up and kill the guy <laughs> still with a broken leg. Um, but he, yeah, he was out. And then um, I wasn't really sure, you know, after that point, I just came to training and, and uh, 
uh, Ralph Black, the coach at the time, he was like, hey, um, we're going to bring in Wanda Lowe. I think he's on loan from uh-huh. maybe Florida, I'm thinking, or could Florida, Seattle. Arizona. Yeah, Arizona. Seattle so, or, you know, because yeah. we were in two different leagues at the time. I think there was the MPSL at the time. And then there was this uh, WISL that just formed. And, and he, uh, he came in and that was, he was another joy, man. I just loved uh, was listening to him, talking to him, watching yeah. him play. Um, I think his nickname is El Gato. Yeah. Um, but just another legend in golf. So I had Brett Phillips, legend in golf, um, and and Juan Delalo, both to learn from. And, Different uh, styles I, too. Yeah, and and once he he only was on like a three or four, maybe a five game contract because he was on lo- loan. He had to go back to the team. Um, so guess what? I get I get to go in that next game, and I think that the the first game possibly could have been a like an international against El Salvador or something like that, mm-hmm. and we played in that and. A um, little bit of a cakewalk, I think, um, for us, I think, in that game. And then after that, we um, our first actual real league game was against Dallas. Yeah, I'm going to ask you about that in a second. Oh, yeah, yeah. So At Dallas, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah so before we get there, Nick, I got to ask you this. Um, I don't know if I'm misremembering, but did you not think you were going to get put into the game? The game got Brett got hurt, right? Because you were under contract. You weren't dressed down, but then he got hurt. Yeah, there was, there was a, no, I was up in the stands. Okay. I was up in the stands and there was like, I, I believe there was another goalie that was there that was training with us at the time. That's and he was. went down. That's who, yeah. And he, he thought they were just going to put him in the game. He went down from the stands through the, through the huddle, like into it. And I could have swore I saw Ralph Black just turn and yell at him and tell him the leave or so. I can't remember yeah. what it was. I can't remember. I, I wish I could remember who it was, but um uh, but yeah, I did too because we didn't moment. see him after that. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that, that might have been the reason why I was, I was the other just lone goalie at that point. Okay. Well, speaking of of Ralph, because we're going to talk about, uh, I'm going to ask you about that game in Dallas we just mentioned, and I've got to say, I've mentioned this to someone else, but I wanted to after that game ask tattoo for his jersey, and I knew <laughs> that with Ralph um, as my coach, that was not a good way to start my career. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though tattoo was my idol growing up, but. Okay, so I I have this question down here. I remember that game in Dallas. It was my first full professional match. And I actually had a moment where at the start of the game, we're standing on the red line. You know, you have the player announcements and you're standing there and we're waiting for all the pregame activities to end. And uh, I was, uh, like I just said, I was at the opposite red line of Tattoo, who is someone I just, I idolized growing up because we had indoor soccer on TV. We're in Reunion Arena and there were about 13,000 people at that game. And I'm standing between you and, you know, our fellow Pacific boxer, Zach Chown. And that was a moment I, I, I'll never forget. I thought, okay, this is it. I, I'm a professional. And it was so <laughs> amazing until like the first 15 seconds. And you can talk about that if you want to or not. But I was like, here, I'm here with my closest friends. Um, and and like, this is the moment. Did you ever have a, a like, this is it moment when, and uh, you don't have to mention, you know, the first quarter. Yeah. We did of well. Course I have to. Of okay. course I have to. Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah. So it's so. Um, just being in that atmosphere itself, I, I believe it was the smaller arena. I don't know if that was Reunion Arena at the time in Dallas, but it was close to sold out. I, I would say, you know, however many that felt, 14, 15, 13, something like that. Um, it was it was close to packed, packed out in that game. Fantastic atmosphere. Um, and the absolutely the most people that I've ever, ever played for by far. Um, and uh 
uh, just just to be out there. So we have the kickoff in that game. So the, mm-hmm. we have the kickoff. I do remember that. And the first pass, I think maybe it was like a little quick pass in back. And Shamu, um, yeah. their fastest, I think their fastest player just whipped right through three guys and sliced the goal. I swear it was less than seven seconds, Billy. They went <laughs> yeah. Seven seconds in for the first game. And, you know, the lights go out. Fireworks are right behind my goal. Fireworks are going off right behind my goal. And uh, it's one to zero, seven seconds at Dallas sidekicks. Um, and uh, yeah, that's the moment I felt okay. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Give up a goal in seven seconds. It's hey, let's know. let's uh, let's do this. But I, um, you know, I think we kind of redeemed. It. We made it closer than than what that that first seven seconds were. But I think it ended up being like four two or five two or something. It was like that. a five three game, I think. Yeah. So it was it was close. I do remember tattoo slicing a goal through the wall. Like we had a wall, and he I don't know how he found through the wall at one point. I do remember that. And tattoo classic, you know, takes the shirt off, throws it out, and yeah, um, every every you know every uh, one of his goals he threw a. a you didn't shoot me diving for it, did you? Yeah, <laughs> that could have been your opportunity. <laughs> could have been me. I missed it. He didn't come by our bench. Yeah, yeah, no, but um, yeah, that was that was a, a great intro to indoor soccer. I think in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I mean, I got to be honest, we could have gotten beat like fifteen to nothing that game, and I would have just been buzzing because, like, to be there with you and Zach, and just to be there and some, you know, the guys that, you know, we had some veterans who brought us along and, and taught us the game, and in that yeah. environment, it was it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think back in. I mean, even you guys were like, oh, we're, we're good. We're good. You know, it just, it was a calming, um, to have you guys there with me. Um, you know, the boys from Pacific and then, you know, obviously you got a guy like Billy Crook and, and Atnagong and, 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 and Betsy and, and you know, Bardo. People, yeah. Bardo. And they're, they're just, they're always like, I think they knew, you know, this is keeper draw here, but, um, Valdivia too was another guy that always talked yeah. to me, you know, it's like, uh, um, but, uh, as far as a goalkeeper goes, you know, you, you know, just being in that mental part of the game, it could have gone a lot of different ways for a goal here yeah. at that point, you know? Um, but it was, it was nice. That helped for sure. So I was going to ask what your favorite memory of, or moment was playing in Portland. Um, well, you brought up, you brought up Ralph Black, you know, I, I don't know if it's my favorite memory, but, um, he, he was, uh, another level of, of, of uh tough for me in a lot of different ways i i came into practice 45 i i knew i was well beyond well behind as far as my footwork so i was constantly wall ball wall ball wall ball left foot right foot left foot right foot and almost every time i would pass the ball it was the wrong pass and he would scream at me he would scream at me and uh it i swear it was two weeks straight it was two weeks straight of and, and like oh it's like you know, hey, you're going to be fine, you know, and he, he's he's screaming away. And I remember one time I was getting a ball across the yellow line right here. I get the ball on my left. And I'm as I'm swinging the ball, Ralph's already yelling at me. And I hit a ball into, into Jeff Betts. Like, it was on a dime. He gets the ball, boom, and he shoots and scores. And he looks at me. Ralph looked at me, and he winked at me. And he smiled and <laughs> never yelled at me again. He never yelled at me again. He was like, I was like, uh... I think I kind of, I don't know. It, it was just one of those things where it's like, okay, I, I, I never, I don't think I ever really, I don't think I could yell back to him, you know, but right. it's one of those things. I just kind of, I took the, 
uh, like the mental abuse, but I, I didn't feel like it was like over the top. It was just like a constant, like where it was like, okay, he was actually training me to kind of mentally like, get, you know, not fight those two games in my head. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, and I, and I, it actually really, really helped me down the line when I played for different teams um, in, a, in a lot of different ways. So I, I really appreciated um, Ralph and, and the way he, he coached me. Uh, um, but uh, um, that group was fun. I wish Portland was stuck around for much, much longer. It was, yeah. it was a fun group. It was fun. To, it was fun to play in that city. I was having a, uh, when Andy McNamara was on, we, he was trying to figure where we trained and I told him it was Costco sport nation. <laughs> and, and I just realized after the interview ended, like who decided to let us train with Ralph as our coach opposite a daycare <laughs> because <laughs> the daycare was just behind our goal and the, right. things, the vocabulary um, that those kids must have developed. I didn't realize that. That's funny. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So I mentioned you, you're playing in Portland where you're supposed to be here, you know, learn the game with Brett Phillips and then Portland folds and you get drafted by the Utah freeze. And you're going to go there with, to compete with another goalkeeper from Portland, uh, Stuart Dobson, but he broke his wrist. Right. And yes. so there was no competing. You were once again, you're, you're there. You're, you know, you're it. Uh, can you speak to just the idea of being ready? Like, you know, I mean, you've, you've had to be ready. You had no choice. Uh, but this yeah. is kind of a theme up to this point in your career. Um, yeah, it was still like, you know, you look back and you're like, oh, that's why I go had to go through some of those moments. Um, and uh, yeah, traveling to um, Adam, basically, you know, my fr- different area, you know, Salt Lake City and um, meet a group of people, but um, that, that are new and, and a new team and a new environment. Um, um, but I think that what was nice is, um, you know, Jeff Betts, who was also, you know, the player on the team that I just played with the last two years, he was nominated a player coach. Um, so um, a lot, a lot of discussions with him um, in different ways and, and uh, um, even training kind of before we went up there. And, and he just, he just gave a lot of confidence to me in different ways um, at that time. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was nice to kind of go up there and, and kind of, you know, see if I can, kind of like do it away from home, you know, a little bit away from kind of the group that I always was able to do it is see if this is something possible. But um, I had no clue that I I thought it was going to be um, kind of like going with Stu Dobson and um, uh, fantastic. Another great guy that I ended up playing against when he was with with Philly down the line. Um, And, uh, um, and, and also like while I was there, it was funny because he is a director of a club. I actually ended up coaching for him um, in the club he was directing at the time. So he was there for a little bit um, as he was kind of rehabbing his, his wrist. Um, and then he kind of realized that, um, and I think there were some visa issues as well. So right at that point, like he had to head back to England. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it was kind of the environment of, of uh, the coach, um, the guys that were there were um, kind of all the same age. It was like a big group of guys that were very young um, and, um, maybe didn't know, you know, what was right, what was wrong, but we, we, uh, kind of grew in the game, um, um, together in that first year, they already played in one year. So this is their second season. And I'm sure they were kind of feeling out Jeff Betts a little bit too, as well. Right. All of a sudden they have a new keeper. Um, and, uh, it, it was kind of a, it was a tough, the first couple games, um, just kind of getting the rhythm. But after that, um, I really started to kind of 
get some of those indoor habits um, at a goalkeeper. You talked about it. Yeah, it it is soccer, but it is a different game for the goalkeeper. It kind of changes some of the habits that you have to kind of build within that game. Exactly um, the question I was going to ask you next. So keep going. So I started to build a little bit, you know, watching Brett helped um, because he was a very positional goalkeeper too as well. Um, but uh, um, I, I just kind of, kind of emulated the game after him a little bit and, and, uh, you know, I, I did have uh, Stu for a little bit to kind of watch, too, as well, you know, in Utah. Um, but the the group of guys that we had, is it was very, like, high-flying, um, a lot of guys in different positions, you know, rotating throughout. Um, um, so it was a fun group that, that, we, that we kind of just clicked, you know. So it made that transition for me much, much easier. And so, yeah, so how, how, the, how is it different than outdoor? goalkeeping because you played some pdl soccer before you know up to that too because that's what we had around here right yeah um yep. but you're at this point you're a near exclusive goal indoor goalkeeper because there was the stint for the lafayette lightning which is a team lost yeah. to time yeah uh, yeah I the mean, position I think, different yeah i mean it's it's the situational stuff is much much different i think that's the biggest piece you know obviously the boards come into play some of the some of the you know, the rules are a little bit, you know, different to the three line rules kind of restricts you to be a little bit better with your feet um, in tight areas and make those decisions quickly. Um, uh, everything's much, much quicker in different ways. Uh, shots, you're when you're getting shots, you have to be um, kind of on point with your position. And you're in outdoor, you're kind of already kind of setting yourself up. Is this going to be a dive? Do I have to push out? Indoor, you're kind of setting yourself for, okay, it's going to hit off my hand. It's going to hit off the board. Um, I got to be ready for the rebound or whatever it might be. So you try to keep your feet much, much more. I, I was always a goalie that kind of really relied on the angles. So I like to get out. I like to create a smaller goal um, in a lot of ways. And and uh, I think those are the biggest piece. Um, you got to be an organizer. And I think I, I look back to like my time with Dutra, um, just trying to trying to find that voice with your team too as well. And I think I got better at it over the years and how to talk to players, how to communicate to the players in front of me, like not only um, within the play, but also like in the breaks and the huddles and stuff like that, what you want to say, you got to be really um, um, kind of more uh, purposeful with, with some of that stuff and, and be, be, be better in how you direct. I think I got better um, over the years. I always wish I could go back to those Portland days with the experience I had in Milwaukee and, and Utah. And, um, but uh but yeah, I think that those are the the biggest pieces. A constant. There's a lot of restarts. You have to be really on point. You're you're kind of in charge of. If something goes wrong, the restart. You take it. You know that's that's kind of your responsibility. I mean, it's kind of similar in outdoor. Like some of those concepts are are very very similar in outdoors, but um, in just a smaller compact area. Um, you are way more involved in the offense um, as far as like you know, those opportunities to, to to really be on the front foot and help your team score and. Um, and help uh, help that piece of it too as well, which is I, I think that's you know a big huge part why I love the game so much. It was, it was never a, a, a stop like kind of for a goalkeeper. You you have to be on point. Nice, and and Nick, you know I know the I know what the best thing is to come out of Utah for you because yeah. yes, this is this is where right. I met my wife. <laughs> Absolutely. So that was that. But thanks, Billy. <laughs> hey, I want to. Chef Lizzie gets um, gets full credit for for a lot. Um, yes. I want to make sure we mention her. But 
I'm kind of, you know, I mean, yeah, that's huge, right? Because you've got an amazing family, um, just great wife. Um, and that's where you guys met was Utah. But, you know, when you look at that stability, that wasn't the career you chose. You didn't choose a stable career. So even before you get to where you are now, um, and we've, you know, we've at this point shared plenty of living situations as far as trying to make a go of soccer, um, you know, and, and I went back to school at some point, but you kept with the game back to back years. You had stints with clubs that folded and then you find yourself, um, or back to back two year stints, excuse me, right? The Pythons are around for two years, the freeze for two years, neither are there. And then you're one year in San Diego, but this is kind of interesting and kind of full circle, but also just something I want to use to talk about stability and, and, you know, following this game and trying to make a living because your bio's super impressive. And we talked about how hard it is to even make yourself get the opportunity to be a professional. But in 2003, Victor Nogueira wants to head home to be near his family, right? In San Diego. So he gets traded to San Diego for you. And that affects your life because you are now headed to Milwaukee where you're going to spend 13 years, which is 13 years as a professional, amazing. 13 years with one club as a professional, even more so, right? And then you add that it's the indoor game. But even thinking of Nagara, this is a guy who signed with Newcastle. And the Mozambique native came to the U.S. in 1979 when you were just four years old to play with the Atlanta Chiefs in the NASL. And he won the NASL championship with Chicago Sting in 1984, which was the last year. Um, And then he started hitting the indoor circuit for two decades. And so at the end of that massive journey, here you are being sprung into 13 seasons with the Milwaukee Wave uh, and the start of, crazy to say, the start of a career because that's where a lot of people's career ended. Um, Was that, you know, with that amount of time, can you first talk about the constant change in teams uh, or or the constant change in, in how it affects you with the leagues or teams folding around you? And then was there a time in any of that where you just thought, I'm not going to find this stability and and you really started thinking about your career as far as maybe in the past tense even, um, you know, before you got to that run with Milwaukee or maybe even during it? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's it's the, the indoor game actually just soccer in the U.S. at that time was was. Um, you just had a lot of teams and a lot of players kind of going through that similar situation. Um, Port- Portland folded. And at that point I was, um, uh, I was like, Nope, I, I, you know, this is just an opportunity um, to kind of go back home and, and kind of work with my degree. And then um, it popped up that, that uh, Jeff was a coach and Jeff reached out to me right away, which was fantastic. And I was like, okay, if I'm going to do it, it's when I'm young, let's go, let's go to Utah. Let's go to Salt Lake. And uh you know, obviously, you know, at that time, you know, I met my wife too as well. And after two years, I, I didn't think that um, that team folded, but or would have folded just based on um, great attendance. It seemed like it, it had a, a nice fan base, um, but a lot of it, it just, I think, had to do with ownership. And there we were again um, um, at that time, like right when that team, before it actually, I think, folded officially, I got uh, two phone calls from San Diego and Sacramento. Um, and so you made the right uh, choice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think Sacramento ended up uh, folding right after that. So Brian Quinn uh, from San Diego called me and, you know, asked me if I wanted to come down there. And um, at that point, I just asked Lizzie to marry me. <laughs> so it's like, okay, we're, we're going to have a long engagement, honey. So <laughs> I remember two years and then we went to uh, San Diego. I, I actually, um, 
um, had, a, had a good year. Um, there was two goalies, another um, uh, goalie there named Horvat uh, from Hungary. Um, so we kind of split time that year. But uh, I made the all-star team, which was in Milwaukee that year for the West. And I was splitting with Victor Nagara. So I actually met Victor, um, played played in the West game. It was, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Um, but as I was there in Milwaukee, two people came up to me and said, yeah, Nick, you're going to be here. Like you'll see, I was like, what are you talking about? I'm in San Diego right now, you know, and, and uh, it was just some fans. And then one was a previous owner. And, and uh, next thing you know, Brian's calling me into his office and Brian, Brian played um, with Victor. Brian Quinn played with Victor Nagara. I think it younger in their careers. And obviously if you have an opportunity, have a chance to get Victor Nagara, I think he was, I don't know how many time um, goalkeeper of the year in Milwaukee and, um, he wanted to move back to, to San Diego, and and at that point, Billy, that was like thinking, okay, this I'm done. <laughs> I just got a coaching job in San Diego, and you kind of need that with with uh, playing pro, especially in San Diego, a very expensive city. And um, at that point, I was really I'm getting engaged. I should really think about um, what I'm doing here. And then I um, had a conversation with with the coach there for at that time, Milwaukee was Keith Tozer, and he's like, Nick. Um, uh, you know, you have an opportunity to play a league indoor and, um, um, you have a full year round contract for three years. And, and I was like, man, um, that's nothing I've ever heard of in the indoor game before. And so I was like, you know, maybe they would try to give this a go. Meanwhile, I'm telling hey, Lizzie, by the way, we're going from San Diego to Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, she was, she was obviously very supportive and, and she was up for it, but, um, you know, then you know, me and my brother Mike, we drove across the country and and brought brought the brought the whole house out there, and there you have it, out to Milwaukee. But yeah, it was very like I, I think at that point that after that that trade, um, that was tough. That was that was tough in different ways. Um, but you know, I just thought about like all those experiences and what we kind of talked about before kind of brought me to this point. And he he did mention like he you know he was at the time he was the coach of the futsal national team. It's like there's opportunities for you within the national team as far as futsal, uh, and and Jeff I think Jeff Betts had a couple stints with that and he t- he talked to me about that a little bit. So I was very intrigued by that at that time and and uh, um, and Milwaukee's at that point maybe was around for about twenty years. I want to say I think yeah, they're forty years. I think they're forty years are coming up this year. Yeah. Um. So. So I was like, you know, that, that team's not going to fold after two years. I might yeah, if you're going to an that. indoor franchise, Milwaukee is the one. And yeah. it's for, for stability. Um, right. So And, and so uh, off we went. Now and I was in Milwaukee. So it's, I want to add some context to this because we're talking Portland Pride, 1998-1999. Two years, the next two years in Utah. So that's, you know, what, 2001? Right. 2002-2003 in, in San Diego. And then but Major League Soccer itself was an infant still. I mean, 1996 was the first year of that. And you still had a lot of players thinking about, do I go in the A-League where I can make more money at the time, right? Like some players, not everybody, but some players could make more doing A-League or doing A-League indoors like you just talked about. Um, Whereas in Major League Soccer, you can't. That's what you were doing. And as they were building, you couldn't play in two different leagues beyond that. I think they you know, were looking back to the NASL. And it's just, it's like, you don't just have a job. Uh, even as a professional soccer player, you have jobs. And whether it's you get to play for two different teams now, you get to play indoor and out there, which is a goalkeeper is insane, right? Because that's just so different. Um, yeah. And you should coach, by the way, um, <laughs> just because you want, you know, you got to 
but that's what it was like. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, um, I mean, Milwaukee had it set up um, in a way where there's 10 weeks of summer camps. So they had that program for you. They had a league at the time and they had the indoor. So it was like they had this year round and then they, they, they you know, they had a great deal with um, the community in the area, which had a lot of coaches that played pro for a long time in the area. So um, some were business owners. So we had everybody had a, their own apartment deals year round. And um, it was kind of a nice it was a nice setup, um, just especially listening to some of the players that were you know, trying to just play outdoor, you know, kind of what the struggles they were kind of going with. Um, I think we were at that time, um, I was in a good spot as far as that piece, you know. Um, but um, I, I also landed on a team that was very, very talented um, with a group of guys. So I, I didn't just get traded straight up for Victor Nagara. It was me, it was Chris Mormon, and it was Matt Stewart for Victor Nagara. <laughs> so uh, got, uh, which ended up being two of my closest friends. Yeah. Um, in Milwaukee, those first couple of years, Matt being a midfielder, Chris being a defender, um, and that, that was that was a lot of that was a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, Victor, Victor, he got what he wanted in San Diego to head there, and I tell you what, the it, it was fun being able to play San Diego after that too, as well. That uh, with our very first game back in San Diego, and Victor, I don't know how how he he did it for so long, but that guy was a, an amazing goalie. Great reflexes, great feet, um, special, special player. And so, Nick, this is also uh, interesting because was that contract with uh, Milwaukee one contract? So your one contract covered both indoor and outdoor, or were they? Because yeah. that's that's so rare, right? Even guys that yeah. would go that would play could play a league and MISL, so indoor outdoor to make a year of it, make a good amount yeah. of money. A lot of times, that's with two different owners. And you've got to, that's hopefully they have a symbiotic relationship, but you're kind of falling into something nice in Milwaukee. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, um, I think, he, you know, at the time, because uh, it was the Milwaukee rampage for a long time and then um, they, they folded. And then our owner at the time, Charlie Krause, he bought that entity or not the entity, but the A League piece. And then he actually could just call it Milwaukee Wave United. Um, and then I would say after two seasons, he was like, this just doesn't make sense. It's like, we have mostly because of the stadium situation. It was out, outside of town, probably about 10 miles outside of town. So it was tough to get fans out there. And meanwhile, the, the indoor team is packing out the arena, um, you know, seven, 8,000. He's like, why are we, am I losing money doing the outdoor when I can just do the indoor? So he ended up, Kind of letting the Milwaukee Wave United go after I think two seasons, um, and just focused on indoor. So you're right, yeah, that's, that was rare. So okay, I want to talk uh, about some soccer stuff too, real quick here. I'm not real quick. We've been doing it for the last hour, but walk <laughs> me through your three championships with the Milwaukee Wave. It's it's pretty cool to win a championship of anything, right? But to win a professional championship, uh, the first one had to feel good, and then to do it back to back seasons is also quite impressive. So how were the, what were those seasons like? Yeah, they were, they were all so different for me personally. Um, in a lot, in a lot, a lot of different ways, but, but the first one I think is, is, um, uh, and they're all special, but the, the first one was, was really special. Um, my, my first championship with the group of guys I was with, um, uh, it, it was just that kind of that same group that kind of all got traded in. I got traded in and there was also like probably another group of, 
six, seven guys that came in kind of similar to like, you know, the, the group of Pacific kind of similar to Utah, you know, it's like that group that kind of built with it. Um, but that first year I was in Milwaukee, we lost in the championship of Baltimore. Um, that second year um, I, it was, we played Cleveland in that first championship and it was the best of three, but they already designated the places that we were going to play. So we were playing Cleveland in St. Louis for the first game. And then we were, we would play. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Sometimes they couldn't get out. The league couldn't get out of their own way, but anyway, um, it, 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 we played two games uh, and both of them went to overtime and both of them ended 10 to nine <laughs> in single point scoring. Um, so it, 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 and they were just uh, amazing games. I believe they were on ESPN at the time um, or ESPN two. And, and uh, so my family got to watch, you know, back home and, and uh, it, it was just kind of special, like the production they put into that. Um, that first game was, you know, it was kind of an empty arena in, in St. Louis, but um, Cleveland was an amazing team that was just, they had an all-star cast of players. And I felt like we did too. Um, then that game in Milwaukee, we were down, I believe five to two at one point and uh, just a battle our, our kind of motto, motto that 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 year was stay the course, so no one got rattled. Everybody just kind of um, just kind of kept pushing through. Um, um, I, I've always been kind of like over the years, I've just realized like, all right, set the next goal. So none of that, yeah. Does it bother you as a goalie to get scored on? Yeah, but but I was always like, what's next? How can I kind of keep this to where it's at? Because we have a team that can can win this game, you know. So. Um, um, and it was just a special, special moment when we, when we scored that, that last goal, it was an overtime sudden death type of goal. So, um, uh, it, it was fun, uh, after the opposite, it was, it was in Milwaukee and then we were in Cleveland for that, or sorry, St. Louis for the final. So we were celebrating our championship in St. Louis with nobody there, but it was, it was fantastic. So um, did they had it, wait, they had it set up to where you'd play each team would get a game. And then if there goes to a third game. It's in St. Louis. Yes. So the third game would be a mini game. So they would do the best of two. Well, we went, I think it was nine to nine mm-hmm. in, in Milwaukee. And we ended up winning, I think, sudden death, 10 to nine. Right. Um, sudden death overtime. Same thing, same scenario. In, in, uh, and the overtime must have lasted, I felt like, the entire 10 minutes. Um, but but uh, yeah, we scored we scored a fantastic goal to to win that. And, and uh, my roomie at the time was uh, Michael King, so it was it was he was kind of towards the end of his career at the time. So it was it was definitely um, it was awesome to be able to celebrate with him and kind of have that moment um, with the group. It was a great group of guys. And then uh, the the second championship was a little bit different because uh, I, I I had. A great season, and then right towards the end of the season, I, I got hurt, um, and we were kind of struggling and thinking the semis. And I got to a place where I, I coach, she called me. I said, "Can you play in the second game?" We lost the first game, um, and that that second game will go into the third game. And I was like, um, I, "I think I I can give it a go, but it's gonna be it's gonna be really rocky." Um, and I ended up we were winning five to one, and I ended up like pulling my um, groin again. And then halftime they injected me with cortisone or wrapped up my, my and then I kind of finished out the game and we barely won it. Um, I went, I want to say it was, I'm trying to remember who that was, Chicago maybe. 
And then uh, I just had to get to the overtime game. And then Marcel, Mar- Marcel Feenster was the other goalie at the time. He's from Holland. He, he, he could come into the final one. So we won that game. And then we ended up um, winning that overtime game to go to the final. And it was in Baltimore. And Marcel, I was done. Like my, my groin was – so I wasn't even part of that final. Marcel Feenster, the goalie at, the, at that time, he ended up being uh, goalkeeper of the, of the playoffs. For, for for the for the round i ended up being goalkeeper of the year that season <laughs> so it was like it was really cool to share that moment with him um because we I, I had a great relationship with him as a goalie i mean i've had some great relationships with keepers but that's such a big piece of it like how you how you push each other how you how you interact with each other um um but it, it was like one of those things where hey we're gonna go with you until you lose a game then we're gonna go with martel right so I just like was rolling. I was rolling and and uh, then I got hurt and then he was in, he was rolling. And then, and then uh, it was one of those where we, one season we switched off every other one. Um, and then uh, that next season, I actually played 10 games and I was out for the rest of the season. I think I, um, I had ligament surgery right, right through here on my, yeah. uh, on my, on my wrist right here. So uh, he took it the rest of the way and actually ended up winning. So that third championship um, uh, we, we, they brought in another goalie who got hurt too, as well. Jeff Ritchie, we're both sitting in the, in the stands watching the championship game and they brought in Ante Raza. You know him? Yeah. Ante no, Raza? yeah. So he, they brought him in as a backup just to be a backup for one game in the championship game. And he ended up, uh, he ended up getting a ring for not playing a minute. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, they were all special in different ways, but that first one was definitely really cool. Okay, I want to ask you about something special. April 17th, 2005, you scored your first professional goal, which was the first goal for a goalkeeper in Milwaukee Wave history, which we just talked about how how long the Wave has been around. That's kind of a big deal. Walk <laughs> us through that 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 moment where you scored your first professional goal. Oh, man, Billy. Uh, yeah, my first and only professional goal as a goalkeeper. I want to say it was one of the last games of that season that might have been the same year we won the championship against cleveland um but it was one of the last games it was against baltimore and uh we were winning by three and so they had the sixth attacker in i think it was juliano salenza could have been cabral uh maybe or sedimo and and uh we everybody knows each other just from playing each other like four or five six times a year so uh baltimore was definitely one of our rivals um i wanted a goal i threw it i got it i think the sixth attacker like he shot it and it just stuck. I threw it as it was going. It just kind of slowly trickled off the posts and came back. He ran all the way back. Six attacker ran back and he got the ball. He came all the way down. He just looked winded. Um, and they, they knew the time was winding down. I was probably about a minute left. And he does the same thing. He, sh- he shoots it right to my hands. Second, I was like, what am I going to do? I got to throw it. It's got to be underneath three lines because the, they changed the rule. Now you can throw the full length. But at that time, you could only... Uh, kick the ball over or underneath three lines or throw it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I threw it and I, I timed it from the last one and it kind of just fell into the net <laughs> and uh, I scored a goal. Um, I did not know what to do. So I was going to ask you. Yeah. I, your moment. To, I had about four different things in mind. If I ever do this, I'm going to do that, but I didn't because I just got swamped by my team. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it was kind of a special moment um, there in Milwaukee. So pretty funny fantastic so okay so i want to i want to move to be baltimore honestly yeah i bet 
uh, I want to ask about your international futsal career. You mentioned that, that that was something that when you came to Milwaukee or went to Milwaukee was mentioned as a possibility, but I want to know how that, that sort of came to be and how you ended up on the U S futsal team. Um, and then I also want to ask you with that, like, what's it like playing an international match? I mean, you're lining up before a game and you're representing your country. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Um, um, I really, I really enjoyed my, my time with the national team and being part of that pool and that, that group of, of guys. Um, every, every trip was a little bit, there's a pool of players and every trip was a little bit different about who come, but how, how I kind of got in into it is like, we had a, I think a CONCACAF qualifier, I don't know if it was like, Oh, six or Oh five. It was the first, it was before that, the one I went to um against i think it was guatemala and they were in milwaukee so they set up uh a futsal field on top of the indoor field in milwaukee um and and i think i believe it was guatemala it could have been honduras um but we they needed to win both both games um on the on the day so and i think at that time it was otto orf and it was brett phillips were the two futsal goalies i believe at the time it could have been heilman was in the mix there too as well Scotty, at one yeah. point so real quick, Scott but, Heilman uh, played collegiately yeah. for the University of Portland. Bill Irwin, yeah. Clive Charles, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, so they were they, the team was stacked. We were just going to watch, but something happened with one of the goalkeepers' passports. You need even being a local or like a game in Milwaukee, you need to have like the the passport needs to be up to date. My passport was up to date, so I ended up getting to play in one of the qualifying games um, that they pulled me in for, um, for that game. So I actually played in, in that game. That was my kind of first stint um, in that. I didn't go to the World Cup. They ended up qualifying. They went to CONCACAF. Um, I think they took first that year. And then they ended up going to the World Cup. I can't remember how they did that year. Um, but, you know, that after that, 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 that cycle, I was in that next cycle, that next pool. Um, along with, uh, I believe Phillips was in it. Otto Orf, I got to um, travel to a couple different events with Otto. That guy's special. Legend. <laughs> that guy. That guy's another level. Yeah. Um, but but fantastic goalkeeper. He was a legend in the futsal world because um, I think yes. he, when he was playing back in the day, he he had some unbelievable games. I think that just kind of set him apart, you know, as far as uh, the U.S. goalie. Um, but, uh, he was, he was, he was a great guy. So much fun. Um, um, but, uh, so that next, that next cycle, I think it was Richie, um, Jeff Richie, Danny Waltman, um, uh, and Brett Phillips. And, and so we kind of like kind of cycled through on who, like going through some of those different events. So, uh, we went, went and, and, and Tozer was Keith Tozer, the head coach. He, he was huge on, on uh, trying to find the best teams to, to play. Um, so we played against Spain. They were number one. We went to Spain. We played them twice. Um, we played in Brazil three times, twice in um, Campo Grande, which is like a small country. It's like basically going to um, like the middle of Iowa um, in this giant stadium with, you know, 10,000. But we played Brazil twice. Um, we went to England a couple times and we went to Brazil to play their club. Uh, matches down there several times um and we played some very very special teams um but uh we always we always w- went to the 
a little bit out of our league, you know, but uh, we went to, to, to play some of these, these games and just learn. And, and he learned uh, so much. And then we learned as a team um, what you kind of, kind of how to play as a group too, as well. So, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's special when, when you're putting on that crest and being able to play and, and actually uh, when, when the, uh, um, you know, the, the, they, they play the, the star spangled banner. It's just, it's just another level of, of what you're there for, what you're representing and, um, um, it, it was, it was no matter what the results, you know, we had some good ones. We had some very bad ones too, as well. Um, it was just an honor to be able to put on that, that U S Jersey and play for the United States. Absolutely. So this is amazing. And uh, I'm, I'm going to try to work this into my next question because it kind of fits with it, but I mean, you, so I'll just start with this. You played 18 professional seasons. I think that's the right number. Right, eighteen, uh, maybe, maybe twenty, <laughs> maybe 18. it's right. You're no, just no, about two decades. Right. It's right around there. It's right around yeah. there. And and I I think back to this this moment where there's a coach in Southern Oregon walks onto a field for an adult league game, and everything changes. Uh, it, and it you know it's you and some guys in a in a bubble and and you know a very rural part of a Portland and Bend aside rural state, um, boating wise, like it's just. The, the probability is amazing, right? And when you think back to that, you know, this is very similar to like how I've heard other players throughout the, their process starts. It's just like, you just, you're doing what you love. You're, you're just, that's what it is. You're doing it and the right things start to happen, but you've got to be doing the right things first for all this to happen. Like you're, you're who you are. And the reason you've gone from, from that to a, a hall of fame college career to, you know, survived the professional game and thrived at it, which both are different things, international career. Can you first put into words, what's it like to be sitting here right now thinking, you know, two decades of professional soccer um, and, and coming from that, like, you know, what was constant and I guess what changed because just, I mean, you don't, how do you end up on a futsal field in Brazil with, you know, 10,000 people watching? Um yeah. Wow, Billy. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, I mean, like we could, we could talk probably a couple hours on, on that for sure. Um, okay. But, so wait, let me do yeah. this then. So you're a college coach right now and you know, dad to soccer players as well. If there's a would be college soccer player listening to this, how's that? What advice yeah. do you give, give her, what advice do you give him? Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's, I think that's, go a lot of different ways but i think i think the biggest thing i kind of said at the beginning when keep keep up keep an open mind as far as you know don't don't just look down hey this is a tunnel that i have to go through because if you look at a lot of the path that i've taken i could have gone a lot of different different roads um but if i had a closed mind like i'm just going this way i may might have been open to some of those those beautiful decisions that happened in my life, you know, and, and brought me to where I am right now. So um, one of the, the biggest ones is, you know, meet my wife and having a family, you know, that, that's, that this great game kind of brought me through and, and meeting guys like you um, and having a group of people around you that, that uh, kind of love the game that kind of the same way. So you surround yourself with, with people that, um, kind of have those same goals, but, but not exactly the same, but just love the game and, and are doing it for the right reasons. Um, doing it honestly and are honest with you. Um, you know, I think the, those are big, big keys. Um, you know, be, be hard on yourself, but not too hard on yourself. You know, you give yourself breaks, but 
um, learn and always push yourself, you know, to be the best that you can. Um, I think those are, those are huge, huge keys as, as you kind of, kind of go to go through, go through it, you know? So um, I don't know if that completely, you know, answers it, but I think that um, I was extremely blessed to, to be with the group of, of people in each place that I was at and, and have those on that journey. I think that was the biggest thing. I don't know. You said 18 seasons. I mean, it's 20 plus with college season as a coach and, and, and college season as players and none, none of it, none of the wins and losses really, really matter that much. You know, it's the journey of each season. And I, I love, of course, winning a championship, you know, is, is fantastic and, and a huge goal that I always had and, and um, but um, to do it with those people at the time and, and, and just to enjoy that journey, I think that that was the, the biggest piece that um, when we were with Utah Tech in their, in their game versus uh, um, San Jose, when they won that game, is just to enjoy the, the moments, like every single moment. You, you live in the moment as much as you can, and, but don't forget to enjoy, you know, and, and I think that that's helped me along the way, you know, in, in very, very, very tough times. Um, in different ways, but, um, you, you learn how to enjoy and not complain and find uh, not complain and try to find the positive pieces that you can build on. So, um, hopefully there, there's some little bit of advice like that, that, that would work for a college player. Um, it's tough to kind of in, impede in 20 years or, or more of experience into a player that's kind of looking up. Um, but I know I always appreciated that when it came to me, you know, when I was young. So, um, just like you did with, uh, Mr. Reynolds. So, um, I hope, hopefully that uh, kind of resonates in some way. Yeah. So that kind of, that, that took everything else I wanted to ask and put it into one great response. Yeah. <laughs> right. So did, is there anything we, I mean, I always say this, is there anything we missed? And the answer is always, we missed a lot because it's only been about an hour or so, but um, yeah. yeah. Anything yeah. else you want to, you want to share? No, no, Billy, it's always a great talking to you, man. It's just like, shooting it with you is, is awesome. So miss you, buddy. I miss you too, Nick. Got to get uh, up there and visit. Anytime. Anytime. Well, thanks so much. That's, um, that's, that's my guy from Grant's past. Nick Vorb, Nick Grant's past. Sorry. Nick Forbert. Thanks <laughs> a lot, Nick. Yep. Thank you, Billy. You ain't got to be 200 pounds a giant at seven three to play this game called soccer, which is growing rapidly. You can hear it on the radio, you will see it on TV. But when the Portland boys appear, you will hear them sing with glee. Green is the colour, soccer is the game. We're the Portland Timbers, and we're in the glory. So let's be all of the boys, let's cheer for the Portland Timbers will